Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Thursday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome you, as always, to Off the Bench, presented by our friends from right here, United Dairy Farmers. It's a big league operation. I stop there every morning driving in here to Hamilton, Ohio. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time. You can find us a number of different ways. Let's start with YouTube. Many of you on here already, slash Chatterbox Sports. We always ask to flip on the notification switch. Reed was challenging everybody. Good morning, Casey. Good morning, Reed, on the likes yesterday. What were the promises you were making to people? I was trying to keep up, and I couldn't. One of the promises is that I would be off air if we got to 150 <laughs> likes. And here we are, Tom. <laughs> but you're on the air last yes, time I just checked. Yes, we are. Yes, I am. Filling in. Off the bench. All right. Well, we'll see how we do here today. We'll see how we do. We got a lot of college basketball to talk about today. We're also streaming live on Facebook, our Chatterbox Sports pager in podcast form. Just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman, and you are dialed in. The Xavier Musketeers, T-minus, uh, let's see, what, about 35 hours and counting. But who's counting? Reed is. Big <laughs> X guy. Before their Sweet 16 clash with Texas in the men's NCAA basketball tournament, Muskies, according to Betfred Sportsbook, four-point underdog, tip-off tomorrow night set for 945. Paul Fritchner is in Kansas City with the Musketeers and will join us in about 15 minutes. The tournament officially continues tonight. Four games. We begin in the East region. Tom Izzo, his seven-seeded Michigan State Spartans take on the three-seed Kansas State. That is a 6:30 Eastern game. The winner of that one will face the winner of the four-seed, Tennessee, taking on the Cinderella ninth-seed FAU. That's a 9 o'clock tip. In the West region, a couple of great games out West, potentially anyway. Four seed out of the Big East, UConn taking on ninth seed, Arkansas. And then the nightcap is the big one. And you hope it lives up to all the billing. Three seed, Gonzaga against Mick Cronin and the two seed, UCLA Bruins. That's a 945P tip. We will be out. Late tonight, boys. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. By the way, don't read it. Don't read it. Of the 16 teams left, and this is for all of you on the chatter as well, okay? And don't look it up. Don't cheat. This is fun stuff, okay? Little little trivia here. Of the 16 schools left in the Sweet 16, four of the 16 have won a national championship. How many can you name? Sit tight. We'll do it here in a minute. In the NIT, after beating Virginia Tech and Hofstra, the UC Bearcats lost to Utah Valley. Seventy-four sixty-eight last night. Landers Nolly the second led the Cats with twenty-three. He can come back next year if he chooses. Senior David DeJulius cannot come back next year. What a career he has had. One of the all-time great Bearcats. He finished with 19, and the Bearcats wrap up their season at 23 and 13. This was an unbelievable story in the NFL yesterday. The free agent tight end, Foster Moreau. Did you see this story? Some of you have already brought it up in the chat. 
This was a young man who was in Cincinnati last week visiting the Bengals about potentially becoming a Bengal, right? On a recent similar visit with the Saints, they do a team physical on Moreau. And their doctor was able to catch that he has Hodgkin's lymphoma. That's cancer. Moreau will be stepping away from football to begin treatment for that disease right away, and our prayers are with him. In baseball, what a performance by Reds starter Graham Ashcraft yesterday out in Goodyear. Reds beat the Padres 4-1. to How about the line on Ashcraft? Six innings, one hit, no walks, strikes out 10. Ashcraft is in line to start the third game of the year behind fellow youngsters Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. Opening day is one week from today. It is not a sellout. Boys, I can never remember in my lifetime. And that's not exaggerated. I mean, it was only a couple of years ago. Tickets go on sale and they're gone in two hours. There are tickets still available for opening day. That's sad. Morale's at an all-time low, Tom. It's at an all-time low. I couldn't believe what I heard that yesterday. I just assumed that it sold out because it's always sold out. Uh, Astros star second baseman Jose Altuve will miss at least the first two months of the season after undergoing surgery to repair a broken thumb. You may remember the injury occurred when Altuve was hit with a 96-mile-per-hour fastball while playing in the World Baseball Classic against the United States for Venezuela. So here you have two of the big stars in Major League Baseball, one in a freak celebratory accident after the game in Mets closer Edwin Diaz. No telling how long he's out. And Altuve, at least for two months, getting hit. So that's what everybody's going to talk about when it comes to the WBC. All right, here we go. Some of the guesses. You guys want to guess? Some of these guys have looked it up. I can name three off the top of my head. UConn, UCLA, Michigan State. I don't know who the fourth is. Okay. Casey? Um, Just based off of that, what about... Um, what about Miami? Has has Arkansas won a bit? Won the big one? They There's have. your fourth big boy. There it is. They're under. Can you name the coach? Ah, uh, for was, a bonus. It was big, early, strong, tough guy. It was in the early '90s, right? Yeah, they. I mean, uh, forty minutes from hell was what yeah. they 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 called themselves because they full court press the whole game. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Nolan Richardson. Yes, indeed. So many of you got it right. Let's see. Brian nailed it. Uh, Everett had Gonzaga. I think it's a surprise to many people Gonzaga has not won. Correct. An NCAA tournament. Let's see if anybody else. um, uh, Boom Shakalaka says it's not X. Uh, Joey, you got uh, Arkansas. Houston has never won it. That's a good guess, Jim. A lot of people think Houston. Um, They lost back-to-back. The best team to never win it, right? That's right. They had Clyde Drexler, Hall of Famer. Hakeem Olajuwon, Hall of Famer. And I'm forgetting one other player that was a great player. By Slam Jamma, right? By Slam. Perhaps everybody said um, uh, 40 Minutes of Hell was a great nickname. Phi Slam Jamma was phenomenal nickname. 
they'll always be remembered as that, um, well, in one of those two championship games where they lost to NC State right. on right. that uh, Lorenzo Charles. There's a name for you. Right. When he caught that ball that was short on the uh, shot, and he dropped it in, giving NC State under Jimmy V. The win. Okay, so you boys ready to roll tonight with uh, some college basketball? We have Paul Fritschner coming up uh, in a matter of minutes. Darren Horn, the head basketball coach at Northern Kentucky University, is going to join us today. We'll recap their season and have him give his thoughts on the Sweet 16. Houston plays tomorrow night. That's a team that knocked out NKU. Houston uh, got a bigger challenge from NKU than they did from Auburn. Auburn hung around for a while, then got blown out of the gym. Yeah. Well, Auburn had the lead, what, 10-point lead at halftime? Yeah. But you're right. That that Houston team, man, me and Trace have been talking about it. Between Alabama and Houston, I can't see anybody besides maybe UCLA winning this whole thing. I'm with you. Really can't. I mean, Houston, they remind me so much of the old UC teams when Huggins was there. I mean, they got guys that are built like Hercules. They're crashing the boards. They're athletic. They're tough. They don't shoot it great like a lot of Huggins teams uh, did not shoot it great. It's one of the reasons Bob has not won a national championship, either UC or West Virginia, is because uh, they just don't have enough outside perimeter shooters. You got to have guys that can shoot the three. Yeah, so Houston's a weird team because they are you know, so lauded defensively, but they're consistently still putting 80 points on the board. They're very efficient on the floor. Yes, and, and maybe that's just because the, the conference they play in, the American, who, I mean, besides Memphis and some other teams, really really don't challenge them a whole lot. But, you know, they slow the pace down. They still put 80 points on the board just because they're so efficient on the floor. But if you catch them, if you can get them to run up and down the floor, you have a, sh- you have a chance to beat them. Did either one of you watch a UC game last night? No. In the, in the background. Okay, I heard a great story yesterday from Mo Egger, and, and, and he travels with the UC team with Dan Horde and uh, Terry Nelson, the radio team there. Mm-hmm. He was telling a story about they walked in this tiny little town, right, Utah Valley, and they walk in to go to dinner. And he's telling the story about uh, they walk into this place and they don't serve alcohol there, like they don't in a lot of places in Utah, mm-hmm. Right. So this uh, young woman, turns out she's a student at Utah Valley. These guys were wearing their Cincinnati garb, and she just went crazy that Cincinnati was in town. And she was explaining to these guys, yeah, there's a restaurant down the road where you can get a beer. But it was a great story. Uh, She was saying that everybody and his brother. So you saw what the gym looked like, right? Right. I mean, packed. It looked like Lakota West gym, right? Right. She said it's the first time ever in the history of the school that ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, anybody, right, had ever been to their school. They're not on ESPN Plus, right, which you guys subscribe to. She said it was the biggest thing that's happened to that town forever. And they got a win last night. Got a win? Yeah. That was a nice story. That's awesome. It's nice to hear those because we all get jaded by the big-time programs and all that kind of stuff. Let me know when Paul is ready to go. Yep. Uh, is the Gonzaga-UCLA game the must-watch game or are all four for you guys must-watch tonight? I, I am all locked in on that game, in my opinion. I think that's the biggest game. Probably the, the Thursday-Friday games, that's probably the biggest one. Um, I know Paul and, and, and 
uh, read here will definitely be watching Xavier, Texas. I think that's probably my second biggest game, but yeah. it's two very, very good programs, good coaches going at it. I mean, I think, dare I say, I mean, th those, they're not blue bloods. I mean, Gonzaga, you might consider a blue blood, but UCLA is right well, up there. Well, historically speaking, they're scary. the ultimate blue blood. Yeah, they've won more yeah. championships than anybody, yeah, Case. By far. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like. But they've been what? resurrected. Yes. Right. Yes, a yeah. couple of times. I mean, a couple of times. Right. Yeah. Right? Wooden was there. Gene Bartow was there. Gary Cunningham was there. And then it started to, you know, kind of do this thing. Uh, Farmer, team. I think, was, I mean, for a while. And, he, and then um, and then Ben Howland brought him back up. Right. Right, he left Pitt, came to UCLA. They run him off because nobody wants to play defense. None of the California guys wanted to play defense. That was a word. Howland takes him to Final Fours and National Championship games, and they run him out. And then they go down, 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 down again. And now Mick... Well, he convinced those California guys to guard somebody. To play some defense. They won in 96, I believe. And then they had that team about 15 years ago. That was ago. Steve Lavin, wasn't it? Yes, I believe so. I think. And then they had that team that went to the, the finals about 16 years ago with Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook. That was Ben Howland in that group. Yeah, that was. but they, they ended up losing. I, I don't know if it was in the final four of the championship, but they had a really good team about 16 years ago. And then Steve Alford stunk. Now they got Mick. All right. Well, he's he's not wrapped up in all of his um, his blankets from that suite he's staying in somewhere outside of yeah. Kansas City. How's that big league hotel? I mean, with that kind of painting in the background, that looks like a big league joint, Paul. Oh, it's a courtyard Marriott. It is fantastic, Tom. Although I do wish they had free breakfast. I'm running on fumes here. You missed – why, did you sleep too late? What time did you get in there last night? No, they just – no, they just – oh, yeah, the trip yesterday was horrific. Took us 11 hours. Should have taken us eight. What happened? I-70 was closed. I-70 I was closed in southern Illinois, so we had to go through uh, all the all the small towns in Illinois to get here. It was it was a trek, but we're here. We're good. All right. Well, I'm glad you're – did you drive that car of yours, or did, did uh, your running mate drive his car? No, I took uh, I took a family car, so I did okay. not drive Jackie. No, okay, right. we're I'm safe. Glad you're, we're just glad you're safe and sound. And by the way, uh, thank you uh, to Steve Ross. He reminded me that Jim Herrick was the coach when UCLA in '96. Mm -hmm. Herrick had a nice run there. All right, Paul, um, you didn't travel with Xavier. They flew on the charter yesterday. Uh, have you had a chance to see, you know, be around the team, any of that kind of thing since you got there so late last night and up and at them early this morning? Probably not, I'm guessing, right? No. As soon as we get off of here, they have a practice in a, in a few minutes. So I'm going to go over to practice, and then I'm going to go. They do a media session this afternoon. So that's kind of the introduction to everything for regional weekend. So, no, they haven't done anything yet. Uh, that'll be this afternoon. All the teams practice today. All the teams do media today. So we'll get more of an idea this afternoon. But, um no, everybody's everybody's here and, and they're going and and it, it, I'm just really interested to see how they how they handle everything because you know weekend after weekend it gets bigger and bigger and these guys haven't been in this situation before um, so we'll see what happens. You know we talk about Dayton and what a great basketball town it is and having the um, you know the first four there every single year. Kansas City's a great basketball town. They don't have an NBA team. Of course they used to have one. But it is a great basketball town, and that venue will be 
jumping tomorrow night. Do you suspect there's going to be a big Xavier contingent up there tomorrow night? I do. I'm really I'm I'm interested to see what the crowd is like tomorrow night because I know Houston travels really well. It's all one session when you get into the Sweet 16. So both teams are both games. You know, you get one ticket, you get in. So I know Houston travels really well. From the messages I've got from Xavier and from what I've seen on Twitter, there are people flying in from all over the country. People are driving in tomorrow. I know a lot of people are leaving Cincinnati tomorrow morning to drive to get here. So I'll be really interested to see what the Xavier crowd is like. It was a good crowd in Greensboro, but Kansas City is a lot farther. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kansas City is a lot farther than um, – than, uh, sorry. I, uh, Kansas City is a lot farther than Greensboro. To good get here. Lord. <laughs> Were you drinking on the drive up <laughs> no, while your buddy was driving? I, I didn't have. I mean, one did you leave like a, a three quarters empty bottle of MD twenty twenty and a couple of Coors Lights in that car <laughs> while your buddy was driving? No, I did not have one sip of alcohol last night, Tom. I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed by happiness that I got here safely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right, let's go through them. You, you ready to do some picks before we let you get out of here? We're just going to do the games tonight. Are you ready to go? Sure. All right, yeah, let's do it. Let's rock. So, Casey, you say we're doing these with point spreads, correct? Yeah. We're not and... just picking winners. We're doing point spreads? Correct. All right, so here we go. Michigan State. I am stunned when Casey told me this this morning. According to Bedfred Sportsbook, and uh, you got to jump in here too, uh, Reed. Just give your pick. We may not have it graphically. Michigan State is the favor, favorite in this game over Kansas State out of the Big 12. Uh, I am taking the mighty Tom Izzo's. I don't know how comfortable I am with that pick. Casey? Tom, I, I am also taking Tom Izzo here. They just seem to – Michigan State and Tom Izzo seem to do really well in the tournament regardless of how their team actually performs. There's just not enough data for me for this team, Kansas State, that suggests that that they they are the favorites. I mean, like I kind of agree with the spread, honestly. Okay. I, I kind of do, but I I think I'm going to lean towards Michigan State. On okay. This one. Paul. Yeah, I'm taking Kansas State here. If you're going to give me a point and a half with maybe the guest the best guard combo in on that side of the bracket, I'm going to take it. Uh, I think I think uh, if you're going to ask me which team wins this game, I think Kansas State wins this game if you're making me pick. But if you're going to give me the point and a half, I'll take that too. This should be a really good game. All right. And Mr. Uh, Reed Mouse, what are you thinking here? Because I know you have an eye on all of this information coming through on Betfred Sportsbook. Yeah, actually, you know, it's funny enough. I took a, a future that no seven seed would make the final four. Michigan State is a seven seed, or I don't know if they're seven or ten. Regardless, I can't have them make the final four, so I'm going K-State in this one. AJ makes a great point, and uh, they were talking about it afterwards, how Marquise Noel is a New York native, and he's going to be cooking it up tonight. Tom Izzo said he had to buy him a dinner in New York Mm -hmm. after the Spartans marched on to the Sweet 16. By the way, last week, Tom Izzo set the all-time NCAA tournament record, broke Jim Bayon's record, for the most wins playing in a lower-seeded matchup. So they are the lower seed in this one tonight is a seven seed against Kansas State, three seed. All right, what's next up? Arkansas versus UConn. Arkansas versus Paul's Big East UConn Muskies. 
I am taking Eric Musselman and the Fighting Razorbacks to cover this four. I think they've got Uncle Mo in the house. You know who Uncle Mo is, don't you, Casey? Who's Uncle Mo? Uncle Momentum. All right. How about you, Case? You know, Tom, I'm on the same train as you. I think this is actually... You're on the Mo train. I'm on the Mo train, but I also think this is an underrated matchup. I agree with you. This is a very underrated matchup. If UConn is back and Arkansas's momentum that you're saying, I mean, watch out. This is going to be a good game. But you're taking Arkansas. I'm taking Arkansas. All right. Paul? Look, this is going to be I know where you're going, Paul. I know where you're going. Yeah, this is going to be a fantastic game, um, but I like the way UConn matches up here. I'm taking the Huskies. I don't love that it's at four. Um, that it's seen this. This again could be a close game. All these games tonight. I mean, the biggest spread is five, and that's Tennessee FAU. I'm sure we'll do that next. This is this is a uh, this is going to be a really good game. All four of these games tonight should be fantastic. So let's let's roll with the Huskies though out in Vegas. Now, did I say muskies? I, I meant huskies if I said muskies. That's just – that's the Freudian slip, Tom. It is. It, when lo- Paul gets around me, I just – I mean, it could be the Bearcats, and I'll say the muskies. We know you're a muskie guy yeah. deep down. Yeah, we know. <laughs> uh, what are you thinking here, Reed? I you think, have you have any money on this game tonight, Reed? Uh, I might. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't yet. I probably will, Tom. Um, the, the thing is, is UConn had about a two-week stretch where they lost five games and people forgot that besides that two-week stretch, no one has probably played besides Alabama and Houston has played better this season than the UConn Huskies. I think UConn wins this. I think Arkansas covers. I think it's a really close game. So give me the Hogs to cover, UConn to win. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How about that? And and when, by the way, Casey, did we start going with point spreads rather than just winners? When did that happen? Well, I We didn't do that last week. No, we're just doing it because Betfred. Yeah, bet Fred. Okay. Just bet Fred today. All right. I mean, we can... Hustleman's muskies. <laughs> I mean... That's I, a good one. Just if you if you feel like the the team is going to win but co- or not cover, then or however you want to do it, just... Just say it. Just say it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, you just mentioned it, Paul. Tennessee. I mean, just smothered, manhandled, beat up, out-toughed. Duke um, in their last game, but now FAU. Now, this is a team that not many people know about except for you, Paul, because you follow this stuff and you stay up all hours of the night watching the Florida Atlantics and the Montana states of the world. Um, I am going to take the Volunteers. I just think that that is a rugged team. I know they don't have their best player. He's out for the year with the ACL injury, but I'm taking the Volunteers from Tennessee. Rocky Top. Oh, Rocky Top. You going to sing that tomorrow if they win? Rocky Top? Um, Rocky Top, Tennessee. Tennessee. Right? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll be Rocky singing because I'm hoping Paul's for the upset, Tom. I, I think FAU is underrated. I think they you don't win 30-plus games in your season right, if you're not really good. And Tennessee, to me, has been so inconsistent. I just can't trust them to, to – win a game or, you know, cover a game for that matter. So I'm taking FAU. Okay. I really like them a lot. All right. Uh, Paul? Hootie who? Give me the owls. Oh, my God. Give me FAU here. Wow. A lot of people on this show and on the chat, they beat down the volunteers. I don't know why there's so much hate for the volunteers around here. What the hell they ever do to anybody? They don't put the ball through the hoop, Tom. 
They did against Duke. Well, that's one game. They play a lot more, and they got a tough one against FAU. Give me the hootie hoos, Tom. You sang the song. I'll do the, I'll do, do the owl. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, Brian says, Tennessee's big guy's the dirtiest player I've ever seen. All right. All right. And last but not least... Boy, I hope this game, I said it earlier, lives up to the billing because th th this, uh, th the game they played, what was it, two years ago in the Final Four, Paul? Double overtime yep. game. I mean, it was one of the great games in the history of the NCAA tournament. UCLA v. Gonzaga. Gonzaga won that one, knocking the Bruins out. Tonight, I'm taking Mick Cronin and the Fighting Bruins to cover as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Casey? I'm taking Gonzaga. I'm taking Gonzaga to win this one. The uh, fighting Mark Fuse. Yep. I think it's going to be a close one. Like I said, it's going to be a great game. But I'm going with Gonzaga. Okay. Paul? You know me, Tom. I love a good story. I love a good narrative here. And this is 17 years to the day since we saw Adam Morrison laying on the ground crying after they lost to UCLA uh, when Gonzaga was right on the doorstep of going to their first Final Four. This is 17 years to the day since that moment. I'm taking Gonzaga. Adam Morrison will be in the building. He'll be on the radio call of this game. Sometimes you just need a little juju in the air when there's a one-and-a-half point spread and you just need some kind of intangible I think the, the Bulldogs can score it well enough to win this game. All right, rebounds. But, but uh, go but, ahead. But I do agree with you. I really hope that this game lives up to all the hype because I think that this game could be the best game of the of the Sweet 16. So I, I'm very much looking forward to this. Reed, if you had me to pick a team to win the whole damn thing, I'm taking UCLA. So they're going to beat Gonzaga tonight, and they're going to cover one and a half. All right, give me, give me the fighting Mick Cronins, Tom. All right, if you had to pick, and I'm throwing you both, I'm, I'm throwing all three of you on the spot right now, okay? All right, I'm throwing everybody on the spot. Mm -hmm. If you had to go back knowing the Sweet 16 set the way it is, and you had to redo your Final Four, and I know this is throwing everybody on the spot, all right? And Paul's got to get going. He's got the big, important media day. I hope to God he gets out of that hoodie and gets in a... At the minimum, in a place like Kansas City, you probably should wear a Bucky's hoodie if you have one of those. That's a Kansas I'd love City to. kind of thing. Yeah. You didn't stop at one of those, did you? They don't have no, them up we there, do they? No, we missed it. I was going to stop on the way down to Greensboro last week, but I, went, I took the other route. Okay. If I'd gone down through Kentucky, I would have. All right. I, I wonder if they even have them up north. I think that's more right now a southern kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. My final four, look, I'm sticking. I got three of my four final teams left, final Ooh. four teams, right? So I had Gonzaga, I had Houston, and I had Alabama. Those three are still alive, and I'm not changing them, even though I can change them right now, but I'm not. And the other one will come out of that region where start flipping coins. I am going to say the fighting Tom Izzo's come out of there, Michigan State. As my fourth. Casey? Tom, I had Alabama. I'm sticking with that. I had Texas. I'm also sticking with that okay. one. I had Kansas in the other one. I'm going to pick UConn to, right. to go to the final four. Okay. I'm going to pick... 
I'm going to also pick Michigan State as well. Okay. All right. Paul? All right. So I'm, You're I'm looking at a bracket right now. You're trying to figure it out. I'm picturing, yeah, I'm, I'm picturing in my head. So in the top left, I'm going to stick with Alabama, although I think Creighton um, has maybe the easiest road there because they're only going to have to beat Princeton to then get to that elite, <laughs> elite eight. Yeah. Um, top right, I'll go Houston. Bottom right, I will go UConn as well, Casey. And then bottom left, I will take Kansas State. That's a good pick. I think Kansas State's a good pick. I had a hard time picking Michigan State in that game. Uh, and, and I'm having a hard time not picking Tennessee. You're down on them, Reed, but I'm having a hard time picking them out of that region. Dwayne, you got to score. And I like I, they, well, they've scored enough. That's true. I mean, there's about still a lot. 30 times this year they've scored enough. That's 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 true. All right, so who's your final four at this point? I'll take the three best teams still in the tournament: Alabama, Houston, and UCLA. I have them in my final four, and I think nothing has changed for those three teams. And then in the the bottom left hand bracket, as you mentioned, flip a coin. The coin's landing on K State. Wow. Okay. Like All right, Paul, we're going to let you run, and we will check back in right. with you tomorrow and get a vibe on uh, on on the whole because you'll have it today. Leading up to the big game for your Xavier Musketeers tomorrow night. You know, I, I will say my, my last point here, and I mentioned this on the show yesterday. You asked me for the final four out of this region. I think it, if Xavier gets past Texas, I'm going to feel very good about their opportunity on Sunday. But we'll see. Got to get past a huge one on, on Friday night. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Thanks, Tom. Right, fair enough. All right, Paul, thank you so much. Paul Frischner just rolled out of the rack. Miss the uh, free breakfast. You can't miss if you're staying at a place like he's staying. And I love those Courtyard by Marriott's. Mm -hmm. They should be a sponsor of the program. They should be. We'll, we'll get, to look we'll get on that. the horn. Maybe Paul can, can look into that. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure the Courtyard by Marriott, Marriott in Kansas City has beaten down the door to sponsor off the bench. Um, but you can't miss the breakfast. You go down there, right? And, I mean, they give you some good options. Sometimes the eggs get a little, little beat up. Why are they always wet? They've been wet? sitting in there for a little while. You know what I mean? They're always wet. Or uber dry. <laughs> That's true. It's it's one. But of the, the sausage other. is always solid, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. The waffles are always solid, mm. right? You got yogurt down there if you're into that. They got all kinds of cereal if you're into that. But I mean, there's nothing quite like a mountain breakfast, no matter where you are. Tom. You know. Tom, what's your favorite breakfast? Yeah, food? I mean, it's a mountain breakfast. You got to have some eggs. Yep. You got to have some flapjacks. Ooh. Right? Mm. You got to have a little sausage. You're a sausage over bacon guy? Oh, yeah. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Blech. Right? Why not have a little both? Glass of milk. Whole milk. You got to have a glass of milk. Yeah. Not that 2% stuff. That ain't milk. That's no, that ain't going to do it. You guys are probably big Denny's guys, right? Waffle House. Well, solid, uh, right down the street. Right down the street. Right down breakfast. the street. You drive by that place at 1A or at 6A, and they're lined up in there. Yes, they are. I'm actually an IHOP guy. That's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. All right, we're going to throw it to the Ham and Eggers. We have our good friend, Darren Horn, head coach of the NKU Norse, who's going to talk about the tournament tonight, talk about his team season, looking ahead to next year. We're excited to have him. Everett says Waffle House for the win all day. All-star. Oh, Sir Boy Wonder, the Echo. You ever been to the Echo? I, I don't even know it's what right the Echo is. right there in the middle of Hyde Park Square. Probably been there for 30, mm. 40 years. 
Been there forever. I tell you, Sir Boy Wonder surprises me. He's a big league operator. Well, well. I mean, he's where the rest of us are dropping Waffle House and IHOP and this kind of. He's dropping the Echo in Hyde Park Square. Yeah, I'm just a I'm just a humble boy from from Hamilton. I don't go to I don't go to the Echo. Amen, brother. Amen. (laughs) Hammond Eggers, take it away. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. So, Casey. Yeah. Got a little life advice. We just saw Paul. He looked disheveled. Maybe a little hungover. I don't know. You know what the key to curing a hangover is? What would that be, Reed? Hydration. And there isn't a better way to hydrate yourself. Then with alkaline water, more specifically, Pawnee water. Did you know that alkaline water has been shown to have superior hydration benefits? Really? Yeah, that was versus regular water in a clinical study. And Pawnee is is a premium alkaline water. It's new to the market. If you haven't had it, this stuff tastes great. It's the best. It's the best water, quite simply, that I've ever had. It's sourced right here from a natural limestone filtration in Hamilton, Ohio. So, I mean, you just know you're getting good stuff from from Pawnee Water. Absolutely. And I forgot to grab a fresh one, so I can't really do the chug challenge if I don't have a fresh one here. But Oh, you No, no, no. Oh, no, no you don't no, want to no. share? It's, it's too so late now. You're already halfway through. How am I going to How am I going to finish that? What's funny is is I did not start this bottle of water. I think this was a Paul original. So, I've got Paul cooties now. <laughs> Hopefully, he's not sick. So, or hopefully it just expires after about 24 hours. Just, I just pick it up and let it rot, baby. <laughs> You're getting a kick out of that. Paul, or Case. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but our good sponsors there at Betfred Sportsbook, and I don't know if our viewers saw this, they put out a tweet yesterday that um, if you retweet and like this, they're giving away a $500 Fred bet to five lucky fans and five users of Betfred Sportsbook. All you have to do is retweet and like the tweet and then show your bet slip on one of these sweet 16 games i took xavier because the muskies are going to beat texas longhorns yesterday you you sent out a a tweet just a little while ago to get in the get in the sweepstakes yeah arkansas baby the hogs call call the hogs by the way i got listen I had every intention of not coming on the show today. I know that was the deal. If we hit a certain number of likes, then I was banned from the show. Every intention of not only missing today, not being on the show for tomorrow's box lunch. I'm a man of my word. And I walk into the office, and I, you know, they, they pulled me off the bench. Coach said, hey, Rick, put in the righty. So I came here, and I'm sorry about it, Mass Cop. Sorry about it, Jerome Hunter Fan Club, even though you're the same person. I got to be here on the show today. I mean, it, it, sometimes you just got to roll with the punches, right? So. It's Well, the name of the show is Off the Bench, so that's exactly what I had to do. I had to come off the bench, and I'm happy to be here. I love being on this show. I love yapping it up with Tom. You know, uh, we love having you on the show. You bring a little energy to this show. That's what I do, You know, Tom. Paul and Casey, I think they stay up too late. Um, and they're not getting a proper amount of sleep. I mean, good Lord, you see Paul there. Saying, How do you sleep through breakfast? A free breakfast. You can't do that. I mean, that's, it's that's amateur hour. Right. Right? Right, similar right. to when I come on the show. It's amateur hour. 
No, I, I think you're a big league <laughs> operator. You come on here, but I mean, it's amateur hour when you check into a hotel. Part of your room is helping to pay for this food, right? They lay it out there. The people work very hard to prepare that food. They're getting in there at Lord knows when, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. and you blow it off. You know what it is? Me and Paul have not discovered UDF coffee. That's what it is. Well, I drink enough for both of you combined. <laughs> that I can assure you. Uh, did you do a hog call while I was out of here? Casey has an incredible, an incredible hog call. I mean, I just got... <laughs> Casey, go ahead and do your hog call. I went... <laughs> That's what happens when you, when you grow up in Blanchester. That is solid. I love that. Boom Shakalaka said, Reed is a kind of guy that when he was a kid, he'd sit in front of the mirror and watched himself talk, making facial expressions, and could never walk away from that said mirror. I'd bet the house on it. Would he win or lose that bet? I think Boom is <laughs> saying that I'm conceited here. I'm, I'm, I'm really into myself. And I, I don't know about that. I, I, mean, I don't believe that. Yeah, I no. wasn't staring at the mirror. No, I'm not believing that. Reed's not that kind of guy. Right, Tom. Thank you. You've got my back. I've got your back. You've got mine. No doubt about it. <laughs> uh, we have our, uh, our buddy uh, Darren Horn coming up here shortly. Is there anything on your mind with a fight in Norse before we get to Coach Horn? Well, I just want to show him our brackets because all you guys, Paul and, 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 and you – Tom picked Houston to win. We I was the only one that stuck to their guns and had NKU winning that game. And uh, I So think, what are you going to you know, do? You're going to humiliate uh, the rest right. of us in front of him? Or would you just go about it the more, you know, sort of, what's the word, diplomatic route? It's a big word. A big I don't know where I came up with that one. The more diplomatic route um, of just showing your bracket. This is probably what I'm going to do is just show my bracket. But You didn't even know they you know, had a basketball team until we started having <laughs> Coach Horn on this program. I, Did you ever go to a basketball game when you were a student at NKU? Tell the truth. That you didn't yes. work. That you didn't work. Oh, that I didn't work? Uh, no. I you never went as a I, fan. I never went as a fan. I worked the entire, entire season. I think it was 2020. 20 when when was the COVID year 2020 so 2019 I worked that entire season yeah but you were working time. yeah I you was, never I went was, as a fan I was working as a as a replay producer camera operator were you getting so, paid yeah okay. I was working for the ESPN crew okay. I really enjoyed he was, he was those a, too those were good I mean you're taking things. a beat normally it's me that takes a beating from the uh, player formerly known as mouse cop I used to think that was you Reed on their mouth. Oh no, no. I do have a burner. It's not it's not too hard to figure out which burner I am. But <laughs> okay. I do have a burner on there. I am not Mousecop. Mousecop and Jerome Hunter fan club are the same person though. I am on I'm on that uh conspiracy. Sometimes I don't know if you've seen Jerome Hunter fan club. Very yes, popular, I have. Yeah, many very popular times. on Twitter in our chat. I think Mousecop and Jerome Hunter fan club are the same person. You do? Yeah, that's my conspiracy. And he hasn't proved me wrong yet. You've never seen them in the same room together. So. That's a very good point. Much like Superman, right? Right. And Clark Kent. A right. uh, couple of others. Casey, what a bum. That's all he says. You never went to a game. What a bum. Um, Jerome Hunter, by the way, lit up Paul's space on Friday. 
Drum Hunter fan club. You know, I have jumped on that thing a couple times, and Paul knows it because when you do that, your name shows up that you joined in. Right. I mean, I, I don't get all the cussing. Believe me, I'm not sitting here saying I have the cleanest mouth that was ever, okay, invented. Not in any form or fashion. And I learned from one of the all-time greats. But uh, I just don't understand why the, the, the X fans have to call there and scream and yell and, and, and the, the language. I mean, I'll jump on for three minutes and every third word's an F-bomb. I think that's What's just- the deal with X fans on that thing? I, I think it's just the, the Catholicism. I don't know if you've been around a lot of Catholics, Tom. I'm a Catholic, so I can say Well, this. I've been around a whole fleet of them my whole life. Right. They, they, they're not afraid to use an F-bomb or, 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 or cuss just in general, especially you get over to those schools on the west side. Oh, boy. The LaSalle's and the elders, and they're, they're not afraid to, to sling some, some swear words. So I think oh, that just might boy. be their upbringing. Abraham jumped on. I've never seen Abraham on here, and he says, so true. So <laughs> true. And then uh, Mouse Cop says that's not true. So, I mean, I'm sure that you just offended half our audience, maybe more than half uh, as Catholics. And um, so I'm going to have to try and clean up the mess. Oh, well, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to mess you up the, the show. Are you gambling tonight, Casey, on any games? Just just the right now, it's only one bet. If I get the free $500 bet from Betfred, I'll probably make it. Why would you get a free $500 bet? Oh, you weren't in here when we promoted that. They're doing a... Uh, promotion right now um you gotta like and retweet a post and post your own bet from betfred that's any bet on the sweet 16 so no wait a minute back up a second for those of us Mm -hmm. that are uh social media illiterate so the deal is on on tom brenneman tv and that's where i am right yeah at tom brenneman tv if i do what and i have an account on betfred so they put out a tweet you got to find the tweet. You've got to lo- retweet it. So you take a, a retweet. Okay. Retweet it. You like it. Okay. And then you take a screenshot of a bet that you placed on the Sweet 16. So any of the eight Sweet 16 games. And you you put it in a tweet, comment it on the tweet. And then they'll pick out five winners to get a $500 Fred bet. A free bet for Bet Fred. So I, I placed a $20 bet on the Razorbacks. On the Hogs. Which the is hogs. why we were calling the Hogs. Yeah. Money line. Straight up win. And, Reed, it would be a stupid question to ask if you have any action tonight. I mean, that would be, right? <laughs> Correct. And right. I, I, ha- I don't have any action yet tonight. That's like asking a Catholic if they've ever dropped an F-bomb. Correct. You're okay. right. You're, catch- right. you're catching right. on, Tom. Right. I, I will be betting tonight. I don't have any bets placed. I, I got on this tweet. I tweeted out, uh, I have Xavier covering, of course, because the Muskies are going to win. But I, I took the four points if you're going to give me four points. So that was my tweet. Really? My bet. Yeah. The Muskies covering the Longhorns, plus four. What makes you think, Xavier, we talk more about this tomorrow, games tomorrow night. What makes you believe that Xavier is going to beat Texas? I have four reasons why I think Xavier is going to beat Texas. Sule Boom, Jack Nunji, Jerome Hunter, Colby Jones. Hold on. Those, those are the four reasons. Hold on. What? Those are the four reasons. You're why leaving I think that- out a fifth. The guy that I raked you over the coals about uh, for come- bad mouthing all year long. He saved their season. He was he was very hot in the first he half. He saved their season. Saved their time. They, that they- three-point shot 
after getting scolded from Boom, who couldn't throw a win in the ocean if he was in a boat <laughs> the first two games of the tournament. Seriously. I, listen. And who steps up and nails the biggest shot of the year for the Musketeers? Your guy. I'm not. Actually, he's been my guy, truth be told. It's right. the only guy I have on the Muskies team. It's been a, is Kunkel. It's been a long take that I, I, don't, I don't appreciate. Out of, out of all the starting five, Kunkel's my least favorite on the Muskies. But I'll tell you what, he's playing well in the tournament. So I've, gotta, I've had to rescind that take that, that Adam Kunkel stinks. He's been, he's been proving me wrong. And I, the thing about Adam Kunkel is he just plays the game the right way. Tom. Yes, he does. Yes, he plays does. with a lot of fire and a lot of passion. And uh, those are the kind of guys where when they play for your team, except for a lot of Xavier fans, he's been their whipping guy. That's not, I think. Starting with you. I, I have heard more X fans beat that kid down than anybody on that team. I don't hear anybody saying anything about Sule Boom. Well, and like I said, first two games of the tournament, he couldn't throw one in the ocean if he was in a boat. You're absolutely right. I can't, That's all I can't I'm saying. Can't That's all it. I'm saying. I'm not beating down college kids. I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> well, one of our all-time favorites, he uh, was kind enough to join us going all the way back to uh, the win over UC. And what a year he had as head coach of the NKU Norse. Darren Orn, coach, how are you? Nice to see you. Are you are you are you are you able to relax a little bit now? What 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 are you doing these days? Just watching some basketball? What? No, Tom. There's a new phrase in college basketball. If you, if you remember the old video game Mortal Kombat, yes. Now, now this time of year, we're all in Portal Combat. Ah, I mean, it's oh. it, it's it's jump in the portal and, and recruit, you know, and, and and try to figure out your roster. I, I, you transition. Very quickly from head coach to a GM and a little roster management this time of year. You know, let me let me ask you first of all, um, and, and I get confused, uh, and, and maybe, maybe even you do. I'm sure you don't. I, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. But, you know, between the COVID year and players getting the fifth year, if they're able to take a red shirt, all those kinds of things, um, who are you going to lose for sure off the team from this year? Yeah, the, the, the three seniors that just have no more eligibility left are Chris Brandon, our, our rebounding machine yep. uh, center, Trayvon Faulkner, who who some people in our league, I think, thought played nine years in the horizon. Uh, you know, all, all the kid did was win three championships and, and uh, qualify for three NCAA tournaments. And then our grad transfer point guard used his fifth year, uh, Xavier Rhodes. So those are the three for sure in terms of no eligibility that won't be back. Okay, um, now walk me through a little bit, and, 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 and I find this so interesting. When you're talking about the portal, um, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of like trying to scout high school baseball players, right? I mean, because there are hundreds of college basketball teams uh, in Division One. Then you throw in maybe a D2 or a D3 guy that might catch your eye. Then you throw in a junior college guy that might catch your eye. How are you able to, uh, to figure out who's out there and, and, and really scout and get a look? Or can you talk to a kid? Walk us through how you're able to, to just accumulate a list of players that you'd at least like to look into. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of a microwave-type deal, too, right? It happens fast. But the, the, the list is generated, Tom, from they've got to officially enter themselves into the portal. Uh, so that, that generates their name in a list. And then there's you know some services and some people that uh, you know put some spreadsheets together about you know where they're from, what their numbers were, percentages, years eligibility left, that type of thing. And 
you know, no different maybe than a major league baseball team, right? You, you identify what your needs are and the positions and type of guys that you think you want and, and, and you start chipping away at, at, at guys at that, that position. And, and as you said, it's anywhere from Division two and, and NAIA to, uh, you know, uh, every level of Division one transfer. And so, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting deal because uh, I just saw a stat yesterday. I don't know if it's accurate. It was Twitter, but – you know, uh, almost 50% of the guys that are in the portal right now are low and mid-major guys from schools like ours that average less than five points. I'm not really sure where those guys think they're going, uh, but, uh, you know, it's 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 you got to sort through a lot of that too because there's a lot of people that can't help your team win. And, and we're in a unique spot where our, our program's in a pretty good shape. We're returning some really uh, key guys, and, you know, we don't want to just be in the tournament. We want to win in the tournament. And so, uh, you know, we're trying to filter everything through that as well. Well, you guys played uh, – you guys just played so well. You gave Houston everything they want and more. Uh, everybody tries to, to learn something from – you know, you can learn from a win. You can learn from a loss. You uh, can learn from tough times. You can learn from good times. Looking back over not just the Houston game but the entire season, what did you learn about you, your team, your program? What did you learn about it this year? Uh, that's a great question. I, yeah, I, I think one thing I learned was maybe more of a, a, a good reminder that, you know, the, the, the system works. Uh, you know, if you, if you get the right kids and you stick with them and you develop them, uh, they, can, they can really impact things. You know, you, you, you look at Trey Robinson on our team who, who really came into his own and, and more than looked like he belonged against the, the toughest team in college basketball in Houston. Uh, you know, Sam Vincent's an example of that as well. Uh, you know, as at the end of his sophomore mm-hmm. year, you know, I, I'm not so sure he wasn't as good a guard as was on the floor in that game again against the number one seed yep. with with a couple of pros on their team. And so, you know, I, I think that's one thing is that you know just keep keep believing in what you're doing and, and building it with the the right way with the right guys. But I think the other part is, uh, you know, I mean, and I've been there before, but now now our group has and our guys specifically have gotten a taste of it, Tom, and like, you know, they don't want to just be there. They, they, they want to go back and have success. And, you know, looking at that, you know, where do we need to grow as a program? And, you know, I, th- I think there's two components this time of year when you look at who's left, right? It's you got to have a, a certain element of toughness and and and, and, and a certain ability to, to compete and play at a high level uh, just with, with all the little non-basketball things, uh, so to speak. But then can you score when you have to score? And, and that's where we've got to really get better, especially on that stage. Uh, you know, we were just not able to get baskets uh, the way we needed to uh, in order to pull off a win like that. You know, Coach, I, I happened to be living in Phoenix when uh, Gonzaga made its first run uh, into a Sweet mm. 16. And, and I just happened to, to, to go. My wife and I went to the game. Uh, the crowd for Gonzaga was unbelievable. Nobody was even pronouncing the school right. Hell, I'm not sure anybody does anymore anyway. Gonzaga, Zaga, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, whatever <laughs> it is. You know what I'm saying. But I, the question I have is this. No one, it's hard to believe for younger people, but you, you, you and I have been around long enough. It's hard to believe that Gonzaga is Gonzaga what they are now, okay, yeah. compared to what they were even just 12, 15 years ago, right? Um, what... What comes first, this chicken or the egg thing? Is it, is it getting into a tournament 
and a few people will, will watch you play, in your case, against Houston, and all of a sudden guys are like, hey, I, you know, I never really heard of that school. I'd like to check it out. Or uh, the facilities, uh, all that kind of thing. Or do you have to, to start winning some games, shock a team or two in the tournament, and then the rest comes after it? Yeah, you know, I, I think, I think you've got to build your program and, and, and win, uh, you know, first. Uh, and, and then I, I think, you know, what Gonzaga's done an unbelievable job of, and, I, and I've actually talked to Mark about this before on the road recruiting, is, is they've been able to maintain that and not only maintain it, but improve it over the years uh, because they've, they've never had a drop in talent. Uh, you know, if anything, they've increased it. And, uh, you know, now in the last three or four years, you know, they're, they're going after the same guys that UCLA and Kentucky are and, right. and, and getting some of them. It's not just Pacific Northwest guys. You know, it, it went from having guys that were really good to now they're able to beat people in the Pacific Northwest, you know, Washington, Oregon, some Pac-12 schools for players, to being able to recruit nationally. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to personnel, right? I mean, my number one evaluation for us moving forward is, all right, we, we hung in that Houston game, all right, when I'm watching it and I'm being honest with myself, who, who really belonged on that floor? You know, if we played them 10 times, uh, could play well enough to give us a chance to win again. And, and how do we get more guys like that? And, and I think that's where Gonzaga has really, uh, you know, mastered that and, and done it, honestly, probably better than anybody in terms of being at one level and raising the program to a different level and being able to stay there. I mean, I think this weekend is, is eight straight Sweet 16s. I, I don't know if any of the Blue Bloods even have done that. No, I mean, it's unbelievable what they've done. Are, are, are you watching a lot of these games, or are you just so wrapped up in all this other stuff with your program right now that, you, you, I mean, you're just too busy to even watch a lot of it? Yeah, I'll watch some. You know, my son's a walk-on at Kentucky, so I immediately left Birmingham and drove to Greensboro and watched their first game and their second game. Uh, you know, again, another great example. Kansas State made some shots at the end. Kentucky didn't. Kansas State yep. moves on. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really sometimes that simple in March. Uh, but, no, no, I'll, I'll watch some, especially people that I'm close with, uh, you know, that I have friendships with and I'm, I'm pulling for. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely, it's, it, it's not golf mode right now for sure, yeah. because we got to try to make sure that, uh, our, our roster is, is not only, uh, that we fill some holes, but that we get better, you know? And I, and I think that's the number one thing is you've always got to be looking for a better player. You know, I tell our guys all the time, I make no bones about it. If I can find a better player than Sam Vincent and Marquez work, we're going to sign him. We're going to sign him because that's, that's what this is. And, and, and I think if you've got good players that want to win and be pros, they want you to do that. And yeah, so well, uh, we feel like we have that in our program, and that's 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 kind of what our goal is and our focus right now. Are any of your players in the portal? Uh, none of the uh, none of the guys that uh, played minutes uh, heavy that you know we, we we really hope come back are, are in there. And and, and, and at, at this point, and and again, you know, there's there's money involved now, right? It's it's semi pro basketball. Yeah. Uh, so I guess there could be an offer at some point that that can't be refused. But as of now, the guys that that played minutes that we want to come back or set to come back. Okay. Um, is there, are, are there one or two games out there? Uh, what, maybe they're both tonight, maybe none are tonight. They're tomorrow night. Uh, are there a couple of games you're, that, that, that really, uh, whether it's friendships, whatever the case may be, that pique your, your interest where you'd like to find the time to watch a little bit more of it than, say, some of the others? Yeah, I, I mean, just from a basketball standpoint, because I'm really intrigued by it, you know, the UConn-Arkansas game. Uh, you know, Arkansas has been great in the tournament. They're, they're really tough to play against. I think UConn could win the national championship. Uh, they've got all the necessary elements to do it. They're playing really well right now. 
I think that game's going to be really interesting. And, and I think the Gonzaga-UCLA game, uh, you know, contrast in styles. UCLA's a little beat up, but, man, so hard to play against. And, you know, Gonzaga, you know, here they are again in the Sweet 16. And, you know, can can, can they continue to win and, and make another run to the Final Four? Those, those are two games to me that that, that really stick out as, as ones that I, just as a basketball fan I'd like to see. You know, I, I found it to be a surprise. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. I, I was really surprised when they said uh, during the broadcast last week about Arkansas getting to three straight Sweet 16 since Musselman uh, ha- has been there. It, I mean, th- I think that is an amazing accomplishment. I don't care if you're, if you're coaching for North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky. Your expectations may be higher at those schools. But you've coached sure. down there in Arkansas. I mean, they love their basketball oh. at Arkansas. No, no question. I mean, I think second only to Kentucky in terms of basketball passion in the SEC. And, you know, again, you know, we, we've talked about it when I've been on here before, right, Tom? This deal is about March. We make no bones about it at our place. It's it's a different path and mindset, I think, at a mid-major school. But, you know, are you built for March? Uh, you know, is, is your team built for that? that? That means a lot of different things basketball-wise. Everybody's got maybe a different approach and philosophy to exactly what that means. You know, I mentioned Mark Few earlier. His whole deal is, hey, if, I, if I'm going to err on the side of something, I'm erring on the side of a good offensive player. You know, I want to be able to, to, to score when we have to and figure out the rest. You know, Musselman's done it with great versatility, right? A lot of interchangeable parts, a lot of guys that can go make plays for themselves, uh, can make big shots, play one-on-one, uh, switch a lot defensively. And, and, and you know, I, I think, you know, give them those guys credit, those two programs as an example. You know, can you win in March? You know, I mean, that, that that's what matters. I mean, look, look at poor Purdue. There's there's not a better person or coach in college basketball than Matt Painter. They're getting crucified right now because, you know, they're, they're not lasting as long as their seed says that they should. And, uh, you know, I, I think a big part of that is, you know, is your team built from March because, hey, look, at the end of the day, everybody's well coached, especially you get to this round. Everybody's going to compete, defend at a high level. Can you go make plays on both ends? When you have to, that is all this thing is coming down to. And I think Arkansas is a great example of that. Yep. Well, coach, we're so excited. Uh, 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 Northern Kentucky alum, Casey McAllister would like to share before we let you go that he had you go ahead, Casey, you want, you want to brag about it? Go ahead. Well, I, I had you uh, winning the first game in the tournament. I oh, had, I, 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 uh, even had a little bet going on with my boss about this game. So I had, I had a lot invested in this game. I thought you guys had a really good chance of winning. I know it's a disappointing loss, but you guys were right there. I mean, just a few more threes sink, and that game is another upset in the tournament. Well, what, what's crazy about it is a coach, I went into it thinking, man, if, if, can we handle their physicality? You know, can we deal with their level of toughness and defense and on the glass? And we more than held our own in that. In fact, Kelvin's words, not ours. We, we out-toughed the toughest team in college yep. basketball. Yep. Uh, I never dreamed that the issue would be we couldn't make enough shots. I, I thought we'd find a way to do that. Man, are we going to be able to hold them off the glass and, and stop them enough and just handle the physicality? So, uh, you know, again, uh, proud of our guys and, and wish a few more had fallen. I, I think maybe we could have had a chance to pull it off. Hey, hey but, but don't overlook. We haven't touched on it. I know you guys probably got to go. Xavier can get to the Final Four now. Those guys can score. they got a coach that knows what they're doing. They've got a guy in, in, in Bomb or however you say his name yeah. who can go get a basket when, when they have to. Uh, they can win these next two games, man. 
Well, I mean, they, it, look, they, you know, you get to this point, and I think you can make a case. Uh, you know, sometimes it involves matchup. Sometimes it involves, you know, uh, uh, your path to get there. I mean, sure. you know, so for Xavier, they're going to have to beat a two seed in, uh, in Texas. That would be tomorrow night. And then, of course, they'd have to knock off if it is. Not to say it's a slam dunk that it's going to be, but they would have to find a way. That Houston team, they um, – golly day, are they big. Just they're, physically. They're so I mean, it's it, when, when your guys walk on the floor, and clearly you had a lot of guys that were not backing down. You just pointed out, I think anybody that watched that game, you were not intimidated by them. But, man, uh, do they have some guys – the whole team looks like Hercules out there. Doesn't make them great basketball yeah, players, the, but it's unreal. Even their guards, right, Tom? I mean, yeah. just, just so thick and physical. And, and I think the issue with them is that they're incredibly disciplined. And and so they're, they're, you're not going to get anything easy against them. They make it really hard on you defensively because they're so good on the glass and they're so physical. But, you know, I, I, I just think, you know, they're a team, too. There's a cumulative effect of that, right? And it, I think to, to some degree it did wear us down a little bit at the end and probably affected our shot making. But they just they just keep coming at you and keep coming at you. And, uh, you know, what, what Kelvin's done there is, is awfully impressive. Yeah, he's a big-time coach. There's no debate about it. All right, Coach, we thank you, as always, for your time. We're always pulling for you guys. Wish you uh, nothing but the best of luck. And, uh, and can't wait for you guys to get us started again next season. Always a pleasure, Tom. Thanks for having me, man. All right, great. Darren Horn, head coach of the NKU, the Fighting Norse. Casey, you were on board with him all along. All along. All the way through. And, again, I, I think if despite them losing, I think what it did, though, at least for the locals here, it makes people actually look at NKU like a serious team. Like, it's, I think the Horizon League – is a pretty – it's not a great league. No, but, but you know what? A, but, 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 but I don't want to interrupt it's you, but, I mean, a... last year people forget. Wright State won a game in the first four. Right. Yeah. You know, right. and, and I think the respect of that uh, over the last number of years is the fact that Northern Kentucky was not in the first four this year. Yeah, they they looked at them as being one of the, the – the, as being the best 16 right. seed. Now you say, well, big deal. Well, that is a big deal. Yeah, well, I think it's a big deal. It's not only a big deal, and it says a lot about the conference, not just because the fact that they were the best 16 seed. Reminder, they, they didn't win the regular season in the Horizon. So they weren't even – they didn't have the one seed in the tournament. That's how good – that's how high they think of the Horizon Great League point. Is, is the third seed or the fourth seed, whatever NKU was, that went on and won the tournament. I know it was only about a game spread. But still, it wasn't the, the, the top team in the, the conference, and they still said this is the best 16 seed. We thought they might even get a 15. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Horizon League next year. I really hope that uh, Darren can pull through again and win the Horizon League. And I'm very much looking forward to if it's like for sure, like they, they've got it sealed up where they win 27, 28 games, they win the regular season, they win the tournament, where they would be seated at. I'm very, very interested to know what that looks like next year. Well, we love Darren Horn. We do. Yes, we do. We do. He is a Kentucky guy through and through, born and raised down there. Uh, not only coached in the NCAA tournament, he played in the NCAA tournament. Um, Trace Fowler says if NKU plays by Purdue, they win by 15. <laughs> 
I don't you know, know what, though? I, I want to so ask bad, a serious really. question here a second because because you guys follow basketball. Yep. And I've got a good friend of mine who's a Purdue grad. All he did all year long was stick walking around, sticking his chest out. Good, good for him. God bless him. When your alma mater is good, it's fun. You should do that. Nothing wrong with that, right? Um, but you just heard Coach Painter. I mean, they are wearing – I mean, you just heard Coach Horn talking about Matt Painter, the head basketball coach at Purdue. And there are a lot of people wearing him out. I mean wearing him out, okay? Uh, number one seed, Big Ten champion, going the tournament, bounced. Opening round, gone. Only the second time it's ever happened in the history of the tournament where a 16 beats a one. Um, or were they at two? Is it a 15? Is it a 16? They were a 16 one. 16-1, one. yeah. 16-1, yeah, okay. You know, it, it, it does make me wonder, and I wanted to ask Coach Horn about it, but I, I wanted to let him go. He had been generous with his time today and all year long. I, I almost wonder, because I think Matt Painter's a great coach, uh, and, and people, uh, you know, a lot smarter than me um, say the same thing. They say he is a great basketball coach, and, 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 and like Coach Horn said, an even better guy. It's almost impossible not to like Matt Painter. He is a cool guy. Um, I don't care what you think about Zach Eady as a pro. I don't care. It's just like when everybody gets wrapped up in this Ohio State quarterback thing in the NFL. Who cares? That's not Painter's job. It's not Ryan Day's job. Their job is to help them be great college players. And Eady is a great college player. Okay? Now, he has an option to come back next year if he wants to. But my question is this. When you've been doing something successfully for a long time, as is the case with Mac Painter, does it make you consider looking at the way your team is losing in the tournament? And it seems like every year they've got some seven-foot monster, right? Yeah, right in the yeah. middle of the whole thing. Constantly got a lot of height. Uh, and, they're, and, they're, and they're generally a rugged team. They've had their fair share of very good athletes. Their guard play this year was very young. Their guard play this year did not handle pressure well. It, it, it makes me wonder... Um, do, do you, is it possible for a guy at 50 something years old, whatever painter is to, to now say, you know, I've done a lot of reflecting. Maybe it's time to start changing the way we play. I listen, their last three exits in the tournament, Tom, 2021, they were a four seed. They lose to North Texas in the first round last year. They make it to the sweet 16. They lose to 15 seed St. Peter's in the sweet 16 this year, the one seed, they lose to Fairleigh Dickinson, 16 seed, second time it's ever happened. So in the last three tournament runs, they lost to a 13 seed, a 15 seed, and a 16 seed. Something has to change there, right? That is not a coincidence now that it's happened three times. And I think that they, because of how great Zach Eady was, the way, the way that his style plays, I think they were a little handcuffed in how they had to play their game. Yep. Because you had to get it to Zach Eady. You had to work away from Zach Eady. But you're right. You've got to do a little self-reflecting. I don't know if Matt Painter's on the hot seat. I know that they want him out there. I know that the fans do. I don't know if his job's actually in jeopardy. No, he's not in jeopardy. He just won a Big Ten right. regular season and a Big Ten tournament. They're not going to fire the guy. But, you know, you're looking, if they have an early exit next year. Well, next year, a that's, a, that's a different deal now next year. That's a different deal. Right. Yeah. 
You, you get beat in the opening round as a big t- – and look, if Edie comes back, they're going to be a top-five preseason team again. Right. Yeah. Right? And should be because uh, he'll be the best big man in the country. Um, if I were him, you know, look, I, I don't tell anybody what to do. I don't know what their family situation is as far as, you know, their, their finances are concerned. Uh, he would certainly be a first-round pick, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe late in the first round. Right. Uh, because the NBA game has changed so much. But, you know, you just look at – you look at the teams that are left, and really outside of Tennessee, and I'm talking about the Sweet 16, and I want to make sure I don't forget anybody here. And I don't know enough. Let me just say right from the get-go, I don't know, know enough about Florida Atlantic, okay? I don't, or Princeton. I don't know enough about them, right. okay? But when you look at the top teams that are playing in this tournament, you go with, or, 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 or you know, outside of Houston, And Tennessee and UCLA. Outside of those three teams, correct me if I'm wrong here in the chat, because I could be wrong. I could be leaving somebody out. UCLA, Tennessee, Houston. What do they do? They guard you. Yep. And they're rugged. Right. And they're tough. Right. Right. Okay. The rest of the teams, by and large, are high scoring. And you just heard Coach Horn say, right? Mark Few told him all along, if I'm an error, I'm erring on the side of the offensive player. Right? You got to score like you pointed out a little Mm -hmm. earlier. Right? You got to score to win. So, it it, it makes me wonder, you know, I don't think Rick Barnes is going to change anytime soon. Guy's done a hell of a job where he's coached. I don't think Mick Cronin's changing anytime soon. And Kelvin Sampson's been around long enough that he ain't changing what he's doing because he's been successful too. But... Are we at a point now with the portal, with NIL, with all this kind of stuff, with the makeup of the kids now, where it's all about offense? That's what Paul's been preaching all year long. You know, the old adage when people talk about this tournament is, oh, defense takes you far. When, you know, that might not be the case anymore. Really, if, if you're an offensive-minded team, as long as you're not living or dying by shooting threes, you consistently put in the ball through the hoop, you're going to have a decent run. You're going to give yourself a chance to make a decent run. We saw that with Xavier, one of the best top-scoring teams in the country. Alabama consistently scoring yep. 80, 90 points a night. They've got guys through and through. So UConn. Well, UConn, I think UConn is, is a bit well-balanced. I think they're in the top okay. 10 in defense Okay, well. okay, okay. Um, I th- UConn, I mentioned this earlier, they're, they're a sneaky team. They were – the number two team in the country before New Year's. They lose to Xavier on New Year's, and then they lose five of their next seven games, I believe. Yep. And we kind of forget about UConn. Besides that two-week, three-week stretch, UConn's played just about as good as anyone in this entire country. Houston, Alabama, UCLA, forget about it. They've played just as well as those three teams. That's what you kind of got to remember. But you're right, Tom. At what point do the these old guards – and I don't mean that as the position. I'm saying the, the former, the old coaches, change the way that they coach the game. And I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. It's worked well with Mick Cronin at UCLA. It's worked well with Kelvin Sampson at Alabama. And Rick Barnes obviously has a great, great career. So the newer coaches might be taking more offensive approach, though. Well, but, you know, and he pointed out, and this is so true, and, and Calipari talked about it after the game yesterday, and a lot of people got upset with him like he was throwing his kids in front of the bus. Look. You can be the best coach on the planet. And you pick whoever you think's the best guy out there, right? I saw where the Athletic did a big poll 
they interviewed five or seven coaches, all unnamed, and asked them who they thought the best coaches were in-game for one game, during the game, to get ready for that one game and then adjustments, whatever they make in the game. Bill Self was by far number one. They say he's an X's and O's savant, Mm -hmm. maybe unlike anybody else that's coached in a long time, right? Right. Kelvin Sampson was second on that list, by the way. But, you know, getting back to the thing with Cal – I mean, people thought he was throwing the Reeves kid in front of the bus. All he said was, my second best offensive player and my best outside offensive player, not Sheebway under the basket, mm-hmm. was one for 15 in the game. That's a fact. The coaches can put him in positions to have wide open looks. It's like Darren Horn, even at NKU. They hit threes all year long. In the game against Houston, they had good looks. They don't make them. Coaches can't make you make shots. North Carolina this year, their guard play. All those guys did brick, 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 brick city. I saw where Baycott's coming back again next year. Uh-huh. That's a big plus for Carolina, I think. All right, I want to shift gears, boys, here for a minute. Okay. We got Tracy Jones coming up at 1130. I want to get to this Foster Moreau thing. So sad. Um, now, my understanding, and I, I read a little bit about this um, last night uh, about uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, okay? It's a type of cancer that affects your uh, lymphatic system. Uh, that's a part of your body that, that, that's a germ-fighting immune system kind of thing. It's a serious thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and they checked his white blood cells. That's where he found it out. The survival rate of that disease has improved over the last few decades, largely due to advances, obviously, in treatment. Um, you know, it's 90% survival rate, right? Now, that's over the first five years. Stuff like this can come back, okay? Yeah. Um, and so um, there's, you know, Foster Moreau came out and said, hey, I got to step away from football to start this treatment. Uh, his words were, I plan on kicking its tail, uh, just like I have everything else in my life, and I'll get back to what I, I used to do. Um I was reading the story about, did you guys read the story about this Saints doctor? No, I haven't heard. I haven't delved into the story at all. This isn't, to me, whoever this guy is, if I have to go to the doctor next time, I'm going to tell you what his name is. Let me find it here in a second because it was a big part of this story. Okay, so the Saints like the Bengals. If you didn't see this, uh, the Saints like the Bengals. Uh, They bring in Moreau, who's a free agent looking into um, signing him, potentially signing him. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this guy's uh, name or right. Long-time Saints head physician. His name is Dr. John Amos, A-M-O-S-S. He helped make this diagnosis when they did this physical on this kid in for the visit, right? This is the same guy that discovered... The old Philadelphia Eagles long snapper. Remember uh, John uh, John Dornboss? You remember him? Do you remember that name? No, it was a story a number of years ago that he had this uh, aortic aneurysm in 2017. Again, simple physical. Hmm. Moreau walks in the door. He's a free agent tight end. He's got teams that want him. He feels healthy. He's 25. He's big. He's strong. He's fit. You're going to do your physical, no big deal, not coming off an injury, nothing like that, best year as a pro. And just like Doran Boss back in 2017, 
this Dr. John Amos, or Amos, however you pronounce it, and I'm sorry, uh, this guy undergoing a physical by the Saints medical team was the one who found this lymphoma of this guy yesterday and Doran Voss four years ago. Can you imagine what it must be like for that kid walking in the door? Now, look, I'm not going to say this isn't life and death because it could be life and death. When you get cancer, a lot of us have had family. My mom died of cancer. Uh, a lot of us, you know, we've had friends and family die of cancer. Uh, the big C word is not a good word. But he's young, he's strong, he's healthy. This kind has a good success rate. Um, there are worse pieces of news in the world you can get. Say it's your child. Or, or, okay? Put it in a, some perspective here. But for this young man to all of a sudden going from thinking, man, I'm about to make millions and millions right. and millions of dollars, to all of a sudden wondering if you're going to be alive in a year from now. I know. It, I think what makes the situation sad, I don't know. I don't know how much of this is true, but the first thing that came to my mind when I heard about this was he doesn't have a team. There's no, there's no money that was guaranteed to him. He hasn't had a big payday yet. That was on his, that was off his rookie deal. I'm pretty sure. Yep. And I don't know if he's got any health benefits. Did the is that what the I team have to provides? believe the players union has him under or, or he is. He, I, 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 it's funny you say that because I thought the same thing. Now, I can't speak for football because their setup is nowhere close to the way baseball is. Nowhere close. Right. And uh, but baseball players get their medical insurance. Of course, teams will take care of things as they come up. But for a player, the union medical plan. Now, I don't know what the deal is with the NFL players. Right, but like they have their own. They have both, though. Usually, right? Like if you're, yes. If he was diagnosed and yes. he was signed, he would have both the team and the union. Now he just has the union. Not that maybe that really matters. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how much it really matters. But it's just really unfortunate that at the age of 25, you're right there to your biggest payday, and he was probably going to get paid at least significantly more than what he will now. Yeah. You know, like he's going to come back if he, God bless. Yeah. hope that right, he comes right. back. Yep. Right. He's not going to get paid the same that he would have now. I mean, it's just a terrible situation for him. I feel really, really bad for him. I feel bad just talking about it as a Bengals fan. Like we were expecting at least potentially to sign him. Now it's like, Oh, where we look to now. And I'm like, I don't really even care about that anymore. I just care about the guy. I care about his health and making sure that he gets okay. And, you know, um, I know as a sports talk show, we have to talk about other replacement options now that are available in the league. Yep, but, and that's where I was going with this. And it, it's bare bones right now in terms of guys out there. But were you wanting to say something? Well, more? just real real quick, uh, the, the good thing is, and Tom, you brought up the survival rate, and then I've – known someone close to me that that has had this uh disease and he's came back he beat it um but also there's been several professional athletes that have had this diagnosis uh two that come to mind as a cubs fan anthony rizzo and john lester both had this diagnosis anthony rizzo's story was he got drafted 19 years old he's playing in single a baseball hitting 400 and all of a sudden he just isn't as strong as he used to be 
goes in and checks in. He's falling asleep all the time. He just feels really weak, and they go in. Well, he has cancer. 19 years old, just drafted, yep. thinking about making a, a move. And John Lester had a very similar story, and both of them have, have come back. They've beat the disease and have had – all-star careers. Yep. So Hall of you, Fame careers, maybe. Yeah, John Lester might might be might be knocking down the door of Cooperstown someday. So you're, you're hoping that Foster can beat this, beat this quickly, and, and get back in the game. Which I know that he's a strong guy, strong-willed guy. He's gonna he's gonna beat it. So hats off to Foster, and hopefully he comes back. Well, the real Spirit Cat one also points out in the chat. Mario Lemieux came back from this, mm -hmm. and some feel he you know top three greatest players in the history of the NHL, right? Right. All right, it leads us, and James Rapine, our good friend who was on the program yesterday, now talks about, okay, if the Bengals don't want to draft a guy with a 28th pick that's a tight end, yeah. what are their options at this point in the free agent market? Um, we know that Hayden Hurst is gone. Drew Sample right now is not on the roster. Uh, Devin Asi-Asi is the only tight end currently on the roster. So you have Irv Smith Jr. There were huge expectations about this guy coming out of college. It's just never happened. Uh, and, you know, guy's a good blocker, good speed, good athlete. He's only 25. Cameron Brait is 32. Proven pass catcher. Um, has had an excellent career in Tampa. Uh, he lost a lot of his he, – he was really trending to being one of the better tight ends in the league. And then Gronkowski comes in and sort of steals a lot of his time in his thunder. Mercedes Lewis is the ageless one. Great blocker, has been one of the great players in the league. Uh, this guy is just an outstanding player. And then you get into some guys that most of us have never heard of. Anybody stand out for you guys in that group? Or are you using that number one pick on a tight end at 28? Well, Tom, I like – there's a couple guys I like, but there's some guys' names that I don't think a lot of us are really talking about that have ties to Cincinnati already. Mitchell Wilcox, he's out there. I mean, might as well re-sign him to a, a bet minimum, you know. Get you him killed back him last year. Huh? You killed that guy last year. No, that that was uh, the other guy. Oh, Sample. Sample. Missing a block against Pittsburgh. Yes. On the game-winning kick. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Uh, Mitchell Wilcox, though, he was on the roster last year. Um, there's guys like Tyler Croft. I know he's 30, but that's your blocking tight end if you want that back. Um, I like Irv Smith just as a, a one-year flyer. Well, whatever they do, I don't think they're going to sign anyone long-term. I don't think – any of these guys are getting more than a one-year deal, regardless of of age or how they performed. Um, but some guys that are on the market right now that I like the most, I like Mitchell Wilcox coming back on a one-year deal. I like Cameron Brait. I think that's an underrated player. Um, a little older now than the Bengals older. normally like. Yeah. Smith's 25, Brait's 32. Yeah, and Irv Smith, I, I do like him on a one-year deal, but regardless of what they do now in free agency, I think they are forced to draft someone at some point as a tight end. And years past, I think they kind of just were like, oh, we'll get to it, and they just never got to it. And I think maybe like last year was a perfect example of that. I think they were looking at maybe getting a tight end. They scouted a lot of tight ends. They just never got around to it. They were picked really early. 
this year, this class is just really talented, really good. I think they're going to have to spend a premium pick. They're going to have to spend a second round pick or, or third round pick on a guy, maybe a little early. And um, I'm interested to see who they end up selecting at 28. But my guess is that they're not going to pick tight end at 28 because it's just so hard to get value at 28 from the tight end position. There's just too much for them to learn year one. And, and a lot of guys are just misses. It's very rare that you get a, a hit at the and in the first round at that at tight end. A lot of these guys, you get them in the third round, like Kelsey or Kittle or Andrews or list any of them. I don't think there is one tight end right now. Maybe Dallas Goddard that was selected. Who's the Who's the kid know. that went to uh, the Falcons? Kyle Pitts, but Kyle I mean, Pitts is, he's pretty good as, as a rookie, right? Yep. He was a good receiving tight end. I think I don't know what. That's a very underrated uh, player that we could potentially trade for. I know the Falcons just traded for Jonu Smith to, as a tight end. I don't know what that's all about. Maybe he's available. Probably not. I mean, it would be a lot of capital to go get a guy like Kyle uh, Kyle Pitts. But yeah, they're not. They're not going to get Kyle Pitts. That's yeah, not happening. That that it's a big time guy in your offense. He wants to catch passes. That's what he came out of college known as. He, he's a fourth option at best here. You know, Smith is a guy who he's young. Injury prone is the problem. Yeah. Nineteen and twenty. Played very well in a Minnesota offense that had a ton of weapons. That's when Stephon Diggs was still around. Right. Much like the Bengals. They had Diggs. They had Thielen. Back when Thielen was Thielen three, four years ago. Right. I mean, they have uh, have always had excellent running backs. Um, you know, so Smith put together two really good years. But then in 2021... He gets hurt early, misses the entire year, messes up his knee, right? Puts on injured reserve. Then last year, he gets off to a really good start. I mean, I'm looking up his numbers uh, from last year, and he started the season very, very well. Uh, in fact, he was their second-best pass catcher over the first eight weeks of the season. But then he uh, goes on injured reserve with an ankle injury. So the last two years, he has played a total of eight games. Hmm. But does that mean you get a guy on the cheap that doesn't sound too bad? 25 years old. Bengals don't like signing guys in their 30s. Right. Although I tell you, if you're looking for a guy that can block, and when you do throw it to him, he catches it. I know he's against the grain on everything the Bengals are looking at. But Lewis is a player. Can I throw another just... Sure. Off the wall name. At Absolutely. You guys. I joked around in the Discord about this last night. Rob Gronkowski <laughs> hasn't played in a couple of years. Still thirty-three. Said he wanted to come play for us at some point. Said right? he wanted to come play with Joe Burrow. I don't think he wants to commit to the regular season, unfortunately. But I mean, he'll be cheap. I'd bring him in. I'd bring him in. He's won. Yeah. He's won Super Bowls. I'd bring him in. Guy's a winner. I think. There's gamer, no doubt about it. I mean, I know he's, you know, goofy and all that, but the guy's a gamer. He can block, he can catch. I, Winner. I don't, know, I don't know if he can catch anymore, but he can still block. I mean, I like, I like Gronk. Yeah, I think another 
thing that we might not be thinking about as much is we are trying to trade Jonah Williams away. There is a potential to trade That's a player right. for player. That's right. Um, a name that a lot of people have been throwing around. I'm not going to pronounce his first name, but it's Okwanu <laughs> from Tennessee, a tight end. He's a pass-catching tight end, not much of a run blocker, but he's 23 and a half years old um, from Maryland. He's pretty decent. Um, graded out really well on PFF. He's a um, starter halfway through the season, started taking over snaps, yep. and he played really, really well um, as a starter. So that's an underrated um, trade option potentially, and tight end, or Titans need a left tackle after Lawan Taylor just got cut. Or Taylor so, Lawan, either Taylor one. Lawan, whatever. Friends, his friends call him Lawan Taylor. <laughs> yeah, Lawan Taylor. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I haven't done a lot of research on uh, potential trade targets, but other besides this guy, um, Okwanu. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. Who who are your your targets, Tom? Is it just Brait and Irv Smith? Are those your two guys that you're? Well, they got to do something. I mean, look, uh, I've never been a big fan. The Bengals have been a big fan of taking a tight end in the first round. They've done it before. And maybe they look at this whole thing and they're like, you know what? Why would I go pay any of these guys anything when I can draft a guy who I really believe in? For the long haul, get him on a rookie deal and make that my first-round pick. I'm not necessarily a big fan of tight end for this franchise. Not for this team. They got too many other guys that are a priority in your offense. All right, uh, we got the tracer. We do. Best 30 minutes in television twice a week. Our time I like Tracy Ron. Jones. What's that, big boy? Like Good morning. Ron. I, good morning, boys. I like Gronk. He's one of my favorite all-time players. You, Casey made the great point, one of the few good points that he makes, uh, that he's a great blocker. He really is. He knows how to get open. Linebackers can't cover him. He's just too big for those linebackers. I love Gronk. I think he's a clutch player. I mean, he's a goat. And I, that's a cliche, the go-to guy. But he really is a go-to guy. And the Bengals got to win now. Bengals got the team. They just need to add a couple players. Added Brown, the offensive lineman. Big deal. And uh, I think they're there. They really See, do. I think and you're I just... starting to become more of a Bengals fan, Tracy. You shared with us early in the year that you grew up in, I think you grew up in Southern California. You grew yeah, up I'm in originally. Yeah, I'm originally from Los Angeles. I know you guys probably don't know that or have never heard that. I actually home of the Beach Boys, Tracy Jones, Mike Scott, uh, Eddie Munster. Do you remember Eddie Munster from the Munsters? Uh, Gary Coleman lived in Hawthorne. Uh, uh, Corrupt, the rapper, grew up in Who? Hawthorne. Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. Corrupt. Did they, did they, did Jim uh, Thorpe was Native American. Did they have a Native American uh, reservation back in those days in Hawthorne? I'm not kidding around. No, I'm being they, serious. Yeah, they had Prairie Park, but he lived in Hawthorne. Okay. A lot of people. Home of Northwood Grumman. Home of SpaceX. I mean, home of the Crips. They've got a lot of stuff happening in Hawthorne. Some good, some bad, but yeah. And did I mention I'm from Hawthorne, <laughs> California? But I am a huge, I am a huge Joe Burrow fan. Not so much the Bengals, but I, I just, I think they got a really good team. I got, the, they got great skilled players. 
But I would add Gronkowski to that tight end. Why? I, why are you not? You know, I, I mentioned California, and you jumped right in. But you know, you said you grew up a Kansas City Chiefs fan. You shared with us, uh, and you pulled out some of the names out of the hat. I got to give it up to you. I mean, you knew some of the old timers, some of those guys. How is it though that you lived here now? Granted, on the Commonwealth side of the mighty Ohio. But how is it after all these years you've been here, you're not a Bengals fan now instead of a Chiefs fan? I wasn't, I'm not a big Mike Brown fan. I thought he really uh, didn't do a lot for the fans and was just kind of cheap and everything. And then, you know, Blackburn took over and it's a totally different team. Oh, and I'll tell you that the main person I didn't like, if I could be brutally honest, as I always am on this show, uh, remember, I see things that you people don't see. Right, right. I was Could not could not stand Marvin Lewis. I thought he, for, for him to be here 10 years and never win a playoff game yep. is an outrage. And yep. I thought he was a lousy, I thought he choked, you know, when it came down to crunch time. Not a huge fan of Marvin Lewis. And that's that's one of the reasons I didn't I, I didn't like him. Not a fan of Dave Shula when they had Dave Shula. No. Uh, they haven't had real good coaches. No. No, but you were around back in the days of Sam. Sam was fun. Sam Weish. He was great. He got Sam was the Super Bowl. Love Sam Weish. I love Sam Weish. He, and I actually knew him a little bit. Uh, I love Boomer back in those days. Yeah. Well, you were hanging out with – that was before Boomer was married, I think, right? Were you guys kind of hanging out over at Las Brisas and places like that or the precinct? You know what's so great about you is you ask so many great questions that I want to – answer but i'm thinking nah that's just patting myself on the back and you know being mr big shot i could remember this is a true story is i was sitting at the table at the waterfront yeah with boomer esiason and davy conception at the wa- in the waterfront was bernie kozar jim kelly God, name me some other. Dan Marino might have been there. That must have been when Boomer had his charity golf tournament in the summer. And all those quarterbacks would come into town, right? It was. So I'm sitting there, right? And I'm just having a couple of cocktails, as I like to to have once in a while. Getting all liquored up. I've got my Reds jersey on, right? (laughs) Thinking about picking up some nice girls. I I got my cleats on, my metal cleats, just in case I had to pick up on a girl. But I'm all ready to go, and here I'm sitting talking to these guys, and they're great guys. And a guy walks up to me, honest to God, and challenges me to fight. Right there. And I'm looking at him, and I don't know what happened. I don't know the the circumstances, but challenged me to fight right there. And I looked at him. I said, you sure you want to do that? And, and at the time, I'm pretty good size. I, I, you know, I've got my purple belt with Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. I train with Hoist Gracie, the head, you know, the martial arts guy who won the three ultimate fighting things. I'm pretty, pretty good at that stuff. That's the one thing I could do is defend myself. And I said, so he came up with another guy. They both kind of challenged me. I says, let me tell you, something. I'll kick that your ass and then bring your J.O. friend. I'm going to kick his ass, too. And Davey Concepcion looks at me and goes, no, 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 Tracy, cost you $100,000. No, no, no. And that was the end of that. Boomer says, come on, let's go. So we went and went to another area. But honest to God, I could not believe this guy just coming out. Didn't introduce himself. Just I didn't do anything. I'm just sitting there talking to those two guys. And someone challenges me to fight. And I'm, you know, 
I'm a nonviolent guy now, Tom, but back in my day, I was. Well, I mean, nobody wanted to mix it up with you, especially guys in California. They don't want to mix it up with anybody. You know, they they don't want to mix it up with anybody. They 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 want to be pretty and they want to look good and they want to you know. Yeah, you you never know about heartland. You got a few more guys that'll mix it up a little bit. You know. Yeah, you got to watch those guys in California because they might hit you with their purse. You know how they got those those purses. (laughs) Remember that back in the eighties, Tom? I had one. Those man purse? I had a man purse. I could see you with one of those even now, really. As much traveling as you do and make sure you have all your kind of stuff with you when you need it, right? The most underrated piece of baggage is a fanny pack. You have to admit. Now, they might not look good, but you put it under a baggy shirt, you could put all your stuff in there. I like a fanny pack. I know the the ham and eggers like them too. I'm just saying they don't want to admit it because they're not comfortable in their own skin. But I'm comfortable in my own skin. I like the fanny pack. Underrated. See, I could see Reed Mouse. I could see Reed Mouse getting a little uh, a little uncomfortable when you talk about a fanny pack. I very much. You tell me, Tracy, if you agree. I could see Casey McAllister being very comfortable with a fanny pack. Well, he's, he's comfortable in his own skin. He's getting married. He's a, he's a good-looking guy. He's keeping himself in shape. And by the way, Casey, you bring – Tom, thanks for bringing up Casey. I almost forgot. My wife has a question for you, Casey. Are you listening? I'm listening. Well, why isn't Danae asking okay. it herself? Why, why are you doing it? Why can't she Because she doesn't it? like the camera. She doesn't like the camera. She, she's very shy, and she doesn't – but she says, can you just ask Casey a question? Because we're both going to go to the wedding – and wants to know where you're registered at, Casey, because we want to get you a nice gift. Is it Dollar Store or Dollar General? Which one are you registered at? Because we want to get you something good. Or maybe is there still a Swallens, Tom? Is there still Sw- is Swallens in business still? <laughs> Remember Swallens? Yeah, I do. Um, I do. That was a great store, Swallens. Casey? You know, uh, I, I believe... <laughs> You know, I, I think uh, I think it's Dollar General. I think I, I could be wrong. <laughs> um, family Tree, isn't that? I think. That's oh, Family Tree is another one. Family Tree. Yeah. Um, but in all seriousness. I got to tell you. Yeah, where are you registered? Seriously. Uh, Walmart. Um, I think hey, that's where we're there at. There we go. Just. <laughs> where are you registered, Casey? I mean, yeah. I asked a serious question, and for those of us that have, you know that that that, that want to get you guys something for your wedding, where are right. you registered? I think I think we're registered. Let's say I think. Don't start the sentence yeah. with you I. You got to know that. Target. Target. All right, Target. Okay. Good. Okay. Great. It's a great store. I love going to that store. Yeah, it is. But well, what about the fanny yeah. pack part that Tracy brought? Would you two guys are are you comfortable? Do you wear fanny packs? Fanny packs are back in style. I don't know if you guys know this, but it's very fashionable with the women. My wife, she doesn't carry a purse anymore. She carries a Lululemon because, you know. Oh, of course. She got of course they do. Yeah, of course. Of, of course, course they do. Yeah, of course. And it's a Lululemon fanny pack. And it's really nice, Tom, because going out back in the day, she didn't want to carry a purse. I would have to carry all of her things. Now she carries the fanny pack, so now she carries my things. But if I don't want to. I don't want to give her my wallet, give her my phone. She carries it for me now. It wasn't a question of if she wears it. I will not wear a fanny pack. No, no, I do not. I'm not a big fan of the fanny pack. Reed, Reed, it's not a problem to wear a fanny pack. I mean, being a big time lib like you are, I'm sure you could, you could carry it off. Right. 
That's that's true. It, it it does it does fit the mo, but I just I just can't do the can't do the fanny pack. Uh, and, and Casey, did you say uh, did you answer this question? I, I don't think you did. I uh, generally, if I had a choice, I would not wear it. But if I had to wear it, I wouldn't care. I don't care what people think of me when I wear a fanny pack. Oh, nice. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't worry. Very about nice. It. No, I wouldn't worry about it at all. What about you, Tom? Well, you know, it's would funny. You wear one? I, I I have one that um, that I would wear running. You know, so if I'm going out running and I want to stick my phone case, God forbid, I you know fall over and and and, and have a heart attack. You know, maybe a couple hundred <laughs> yards into the run. You know that um, that uh, I'd be able to do something about it. So I do have one. my wife just got one, and you're right, uh, Reed, about you know they they they're yeah. made, they've made a comeback now with the women. I'm sure Danae would never have a fanny pack. No, I think no she has way something she'd like have one. No, no chance. I think she has like something that I'm like a Versace bag or a Gucci bag that she carries. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of those those bags, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what she carries. Hey, Tom. Yeah, I have something for you guys. I came prepared today for once, and on a we're talking baseball here. Did you guys watch the last game at all? You know what? Uh, these guys, Reed watched. I mean, Reed is baseball through and through, Tracy. Right. Yeah. Good How game. good was that friggin' game? That was awesome. And, and, the, and the script couldn't have been any better, right? You yep. guys realize what you're watching. Yeah. You're watching, a, it's going to be a global league within five years. You guys understand that, right? That's what you're seeing. That was, Manford was probably sitting there watching this going, great, Japan won. Because that sets them up for an international league. You know, you have Japan, Venezuela. I think it's great news for baseball. I so really, you're saying really you do. think, if I hear you right, do I hear you right in that you think that there will be major league baseball teams um, outside of North America, let's say? Yeah. Within five years. Within five years. And the WBC set that up. A lot of fans loved it. The enthusiasm, the players loved it. And I think traveling around, I think, is really going to be a great jump start with, for baseball. I, I well, really you know, do. The, I thought that game was exciting. Well, the you know the, the challenge is is when you're going to think about and and I've actually spoken um, to to a lot of the big 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 all the way to the top, muckety mucks at the NFL, right? And you know there there's no doubt the NFL is playing anywhere from five to seven games a year, uh, whether it's London, whether it's Germany, Mexico City, Barcelona. They're talking all these kinds of different places, right? The, the the challenge is Tracy is the travel and the schedule. You know they talked about let's say putting an NFL team, for example, in London, and London's really not a very far trip for most no. of the eastern half of America. It's not a far trip. Okay, but when you start talking Tokyo, right, or um, Venezuela, I mean, I, I don't know how you'd get players to go down there and play for those teams just based on the travel. I don't even know how baseball could do it. Well, you'd have to have like five games, you know, five or six games against you know if you played in japan or you played in dominican that's a really good point because in college baseball like san diego state when they went to play hawaii that was a long ways away right for a college so they would play you know six games there they would have a six game series when usually it'd only be three or four so that's something i think you 
you could do. And I don't know if you guys really watched that last at bat, Trout against Otani. Mm -hmm. That was, it was so intense because Trout, and I wrote this down, Trout has swung and missed, and Reed, correct me if I'm wrong on this, three that. times in that at bat. Did yep. not touch the ball. He's only done that 24 times in his career in over 6,000 at-bats. Yep. And I'm watching Otani. I had no idea how good he was, Tom. That guy is oh. throwing 100. The one he bounced was 102. And he, I, if I was up there and trying to hit that 3-2 slider, as your dad would say, I couldn't hit that with an ironing board. I couldn't. And speaking of your dad, he does wear a fanny pack, and it's pink. But it, uh, there's no way that I could have hit that 3-2 pitch that Otani threw through Trout. I just thought that was two guys going at it, the best of the best, and Otani winning. I got to tell you, though, I got to tell you. Everything you said is 100% correct, but I got to tell you. For me, your team's leading by a run. This is your teammate. With the Angels, I know your competitors for the USA v. Japan here. But on that 3-2 pitch, Tracy, I got to throw the gas. I got to throw the he gas. Missed. You struck him he out with a slider. I know, but you know what I'm saying here. It's not oh, a tie come game. On. Come on. Throw Schilling if he's on the mound and Barry Bonds is at the plate. Schilling is throwing three, two, gas. Here it is. You know, we argued about something last, uh, on Tuesday. Didn't you say you're in it to win it? You're going to throw a pitch that you think yep. you can get to I'm throwing the gas. I'm leading by a run. He hits it in the seats. We're tied. I'm throwing the gas. I, I could not believe. I could not hit, believe that slider. Did you see how much that, that broke on that? Yes. On the outside corner. And even his fastball is moving. He's yes. not throwing a straight ball. I mean, and the guy can hit. What a player. What well, a player. there are some people that believe. I mean, we were talking about it here the other day. You know, Paul was saying, I mean, if this guy keeps going, and good Lord willing, he's healthy, he keeps going the way he's going, and they let him continue to pitch, and they let him continue to hit. Um I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that in seven or eight years from now, you're talking about this guy as one of the greatest players to ever play. I think so. I think so. And I told the story on Tuesday. You know, your, your dad and I talked about Otani when he was playing in Japan, and we didn't think he could do both. He had to make a choice. No one's that good, right? No one's that good beside Babe Ruth to pitch and hit, and Otani's doing it. Just, just to kind of piggyback on that, so... I see the, the video of Otani striking out Trout. And of course, what I can't help myself but doing, I go to the comment section, right? Because everybody has a comment, Tom, as you know. That's all about free, hey, hey, Tracy, it's all about freedom of speech. Only your friends out in California are the ones trying to shut down everybody that disagrees with them. I'm all about free right. speech, good, bad, or indifferent. As long as the free speech makes a little sense, I could not believe 90% of the comments were negative about Trout. Oh, he couldn't handle the big time. He can't handle the pressure. He's yeah, not the same yeah. ball player that he was. He can't catch up to the fastball. You talk about J.O.'s. I mean, I, I get a picture. I get a picture of these guys, you know, all on their little keyboard with their pants down, you know, just kind of typing away, you know, 
nailing with Mike what? Trout. With thinking, what? What? Nailing Mike Trout. No, I'm saying you say what? you see it, you picture him at a keyboard with what? Oh, they're pants. You know, they're kind of creepy, those guys anyway, right? Just kind of creepy. It's just, it's just a visual I have. I think anyone that spends that much time on the internet, and, and Reed would know about this, they're just kind of <laughs> creepy. They just have an issue, and I think that's the case. I'll tell you what, it got to be like I'm sitting there going, do you people, you know, the, you, the same people that are criticizing Trout are the same people that go and spend $10,000 at fantasy camp to get your picture taken with a big leaguer. You think it's so easy to get up there against a guy and just type it away anonymously, right? Just right. throw that out there. And it well, just they don't even give them, oh, and, and they, they don't even use their real name, right? Right. It's always some, let's right. be cute, sort of a nickname, right? No, I know. It's just, I'm really thinking about getting off social media. It's just, it's getting to be too negative. Uh, it's like the other day, and this is getting off topic, but I'm going through my feed and I see uh, some animal being killed. I don't want to see that. You know how much I love animals, right, yeah. Tom? How did yeah. that get into my feed? Explain that to me. I don't know. You know, I, I don't. I, I see things that are disturbing. I see fights. I see a person getting beat up or shot. I don't want to see that. You know, a, 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 a brunette with well endowed. I, well, two out of three, Tom. That that last one is, doesn't apply. But you know what I'm saying. It's just social media is taking its toll on me because it's so damn negative. And I don't know if you experience the same thing. Well, I, you know, I was never on social media my whole life until starting this uh, career at Chatterbox Sports. And now we use it to try to promote the show and promote Tracy Jones and all those kinds of things. So you're right. Uh, it is a world of hate. There's no doubt about it. And, and to be hating on Mike Trout for striking out against Shohei Otani and a slider that moved nine and a half feet, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, Trout's on him. I mean, Trout's just said, okay, I got to quicken up. He's got to quicken his mind. Not only has to, does he have to quicken his bat, he has to quicken his mind. And he's doing it. And he's just swinging through it. I mean, he's on it. You can just tell how much talent he has. And But for people to criticize him and just talk about how he can't handle the pressure, I think it's goofy. I think it's stupid. You know, your friend uh, Richard from Indian Hill is in the chat today, uh, and he is always dialed in now with you uh, as he was back during your uh, radio career over at WLW. Uh, it's nice to have him. He ended up coming up to uh, Buffalo Wings and Rings the other day. He did. Right? Yeah. yeah. So did our buddy Jimmy Lewis. How's he doing, by the way? Jimmy's doing great. Jimmy's doing great. Can't do any better than what Jim Lewis is doing right now. Well, I mean, our prayers My best are with buddy. Him. We know he's a little, a little under the weather, yeah. you know, a little, little yeah. more than under the weather. But, uh, you know, we're thinking about more. him. Some feel like, uh, Tracy, have you ever been invited? I'm, I'm curious. I think this is a great, great question here by Joshua, um, who was there as well, by the way. Um, have you ever been invited to a fantasy camp? With the Reds, where you go out there? Because I hear they're phenomenal. You know, the Reds have tried to get me out there. I just don't have any interest, and I don't know why. I just, I don't. You know, Tom, I think it's because I don't like to talk about the past, right? I, I'm never talking about how great I was as a player, and I don't want to rehash. I don't want to tell stories about how I went, 
and drove in seven runs and tied Willie Mays' all-time record for the San Francisco Giants at seven ribeye steaks in a game. I don't like to I don't like to rehash. It's kind of like driving in a, in a car. You don't look in your rearview mirror, do you, Tom? If you did that, what would happen? You'd get in an accident. So right. I like to just keep keep going straight ahead. Reed, you strike me as the kind of guy that would like going to a fantasy camp one day. So uh, I, 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 don't, I don't have the money to go to a fantasy camp, but I, I can't lie. I play in an adult league baseball, the adult baseball league, and yeah. I have a blast doing it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shy away. I, I played in college and I missed the game, so I, I started playing again, and it's a lot of fun. Tracy, we need another guy. If you still got some ball left in you, you how about be, that? You I love be the oldest guy that in the question. You want to come play Shake for Dodgers? yourself. <laughs> you know what? I would pull a muscle, a hamstring. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't run to first base with probably without getting hurt. Casey, or, or Reed, who you imitate up to bat? Who's your batting stick? You know, I used to hit like this. Who, mm -hmm. who do you hit like? I Give me hit, a visual. I, I crouch down a little bit. I'm a right-handed hitter. I, I hold my, my right. hands up a little higher. I, I'd say the closest stance that I can think of is probably like Albert Pujols. Crouch down and stat on top yeah. of the plate. Yeah. yeah, Albert yeah. Pujols would probably be the closest I can, I can uh, draw a comparison to. Don't hit like him. I can tell you that. No, Tracy, I, I, I think doubt that it. You, I think you ought to reconsider that because you know what? Those things are all about, from what I've heard, and Chris Welsh is still very active in those things and has been for a long, long time. Uh, Doug Flynn, your old friend and mine, he, you know, very active. Jim Maloney comes out, those kinds of, and there are a lot. Demetri Young came out this year. Um, right. A bunch of other guys. I think that, that you're the perfect kind of – Tom Browning was always yeah, there. I know. Tom right? loved him. He had great right. stories that he would share with these guys. Uh, I, I think you should reconsider the fantasy camp thing or some kind of fantasy camp thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't mind going to a Reds fest or a Tigers fest. Did you go to Reds fest this year? Uh, no, oh, that's right, Tom. I wasn't invited, right? They invited some A-ball player. Uh, playing in Dayton that won't make it to the big C. Just why do you do that? Why, why do you take that knife and just take? I, I, it, I, I couldn't resist. I couldn't. I mean, because <laughs> it, it, I I couldn't. Really, I think you should go to the. I'm being very sincere now. I'm serious for a second. You're the perfect kind of guy for that. You're still fit. You look good. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go out there and play nine innings of a game. That's not what a lot of these guys are doing. But you can just sit there and tell stories and some of the stories you share on this show with us. I mean, you would be the biggest hit of all the guys out there. And I think you would enjoy yourself. I really do. I might. I might. Let me think about it because I, I'm thinking more something, maybe a, a, a Reds fantasy camp for women. You know, kind of a, a red sexual fantasy camp for women. Maybe something like that that I might participate in. K Casey, Reed, what do you think? Trace, I, I got no comment on that one. <laughs> yeah, you're you're on an island on that one. Yeah, no, no comment. <laughs> all right, I got I got one question for you here before we let you go, uh, and it all ends up. It seems like it always comes back to California, right? Yeah. Are you rooting for the UCLA Bruins tonight to win the rest of the tournament? Are you watching the tournament? Let's start with that first. You, you know what? I will watch UCLA. I, 
I kind of like Nick Crone a little bit. Nick, yeah, Nick's too. a big baseball fan. You know, his dad was a scout for the Atlanta Braves. A big I know. Time scout too. Help Cronin. Yep. So Mick, you know, I know Mick a little bit, and I'm rooting for him. He's really turned that program around. Yep. And I, I told you I was a big UCLA fan when they were undefeated, and they had Bill Walton and Lou Alcindor, and Sidney Wicks, Jeff Petrie. I think Petrie was another guy. Uh, David Myers. Remember those names? Oh, of course. All the Kiki yeah, Vandalay. I mean, Oh, Kiki, number 55. How good's that? See, I'm like the Rain Man. See, I just throw out those numbers. If you if you don't believe me, look up Kiki Fandaway, I think, was number 55 with the Portland right. Trailblazers. Look it I up. Think, I was think he, Tom? Right. He was a great player. Yeah, that's pretty good now. That's yep, pretty good. he was. But all right, so is, is your team left in the tournament being a Southern Californian L.A. guy? Is your team UCLA My, the rest of the way? You on the Xavier bandwagon? You know, what about all that? I got to go. Yeah, I, I, I got to root for the hometown, though. I, I got to go with Xavier. I got to root for those guys. I haven't rooted for yes. them or even watched a game all year, but I got to go with Xavier. Can, can Xavier play UCLA? They'd play them in, in the, the final finals. four. In the final four if they got there. It'd be a final four. Okay. I, I would like to see that matchup. That'd be a lot of fun. Xavier versus Mick Cronin? That'd be some fun. Who would you that? pull for in that one, Tracer? Tell the truth. Come on now. You've I'm been spending a lot Nick, of time out in Southern California lately. You know, <laughs> I like, remember with me, it's always personal. So if you're good to me, then I, you know, build you up and all that kind of, if you're mean to me, then I will use the microphone as a weapon. And I've done that in the past. Mick Cronin has always been very nice to me. I've had a couple of beers with Mick Cronin and his dad. I met his dad a couple of times. I like the crunch, so I'm going to go with UCLA. Okay. There you have it. All the way. There you have it. I'm with you. I'm on that bandwagon, too. I'm on the Bruins bandwagon. Well, try try a fanny pack, will you please? Just one time. I told you I own See one. See how you like it. What is this picture yeah, of? Yeah, but you... I mean... It, what is this picture of? It, it's of Tracy wearing a fanny pack. See, he's a, he's a man of his word. Look at Preach that right he there. He must have borrowed my dad's fanny pack. Yeah, the pink one. Yeah, but I thought the one that I had had the rainbow. That's got some rainbow uh, colors in there. Some looks, rainbow colors yeah, in there. yeah. See, now that's some quick thinking, right there. Now, now that's funny. That's humor, Casey. Obviously, you didn't come up with that. What are those shoes, <laughs> Tom? Is that your humor? What shoes are you wearing, it used there, to Tracy? Be. <laughs> those loafers? What do you got? Those Steve Madden loafers? You want to be caught in Steve Madden's, would you? You know what, Reed? They are Steve Madden's. Very Steve good. Madden. Yeah. You wow. know, before we go you here, Tracer, I, I got to tell you, I brought this up earlier, and, and, and Reed and I and Casey were talking about this before we let you go. I cannot believe that opening day is not sold out. What does that tell you? Well, I, I, just, I just can't believe it. That was one of those things. That it seemed like it, you know, it, it, even in years where, like this year, a lot of people right. are not expecting the Reds to be very good. You got to play the games. We'll find out if that's true or not. Um, I don't have a crystal ball. Hell, they can win 100 games. I have no clue. But you got Hunter Green right. pitching on opening day. Uh, so that's at least one guy you figure in the franchise that you might pay to go watch, right? Uh, right. And, and right. opening day in years past, they sell out in, in two hours. I, it, it's shocking. It really is. I mean, you even go back to those teams before I became a red leg 
at the 83, 84, they still sold out in a couple hours, didn't they? Now, yeah. the next night you had that's right. uh, 12,000, but opening day, I mean, it's an event. It's just a big, big deal. It's the energy. But for that ball club to not sell that game out, I, I still can't believe it. Well, there's still time. Can you? Uh, no, I, I really, yeah. I can never remember it happening. And I, I didn't live here no. every year through some bad teams and that kind of thing. But um, hopefully they will. And that is one week from today we begin the Major League Baseball season, which during the year you will be able to see things that occur on the baseball diamond uh, a couple of times a week that the rest of us don't see. I can't wait to hear yeah, your because, analysis. And here it is just to kind of wrap it up. Remember, I played the game and you people didn't. Such Thanks a sure have a good rest of your day. <laughs> All right. You guys have a good weekend. Thank See you next you week. Too. All right, there Tracer, it is. Tracer, Best 30 Trace. minutes of television twice a week. The Tracer. He's dialed in. Yes, he is. Dialed All right, in. do we have a uh, cherry on top today or no? Oh, the cherry on top was going to be this image here, but since he brought it up at the end of the show. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, that looks like it's in a – is that at the Joe Nuxall thing? Uh, I don't know is that out of Jungle Gyms out here? And uh, that doesn't look. That, that looks like a, a bar and grill. Yeah, that's a uh, the the poster in the background is Tony Perez. I don't know if that means anything, but because that looks like you know that, that that little convention space that they have out in Jungle Gyms where they have the big Joe Nuxall thing every year. I thought it kind of looked like. I'm sure I'm wrong. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All right, um, all right, fellas. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, obviously going to be recapping the four games from the Sweet 16 uh, where we all made our picks. We are going to preview the games tomorrow night, including Xavier v. Texas. Mm -hmm. And you'll be back with Box Lunch tomorrow or no? Uh, I don't know. If we're I think we're going to do Box Lunch tomorrow. It okay. just depends on how busy tra or, okay. yeah, Trace is. Okay. So. All right. Okay. Case, you good? We're good, Tom. All right. Thank you. Reed, good having you here today, buddy. It was a lot of fun, Tom. Thank I you. always enjoy. Always a lot of fun. We thank all of you for joining us. And we invite you to join us tomorrow, 10 a.m. for Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Have a great Thursday. Big time hoop night. Let's go.